This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 13, verses 35 to 44. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see decay. For David, after he had in his own generation served the counsel of God, fell asleep, and was laid with his fathers and saw decay. But he whom God raised up saw no decay. Be it known to you therefore, brothers, that through this man is proclaimed to you remission of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come on you which is spoken in the prophets. Behold, you scoffers, and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will in no way believe, if one declares it to you. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the synagogue broke up, many of the Jews and of the devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city was gathered together to hear the word of God. All right, so Paul has told the congregation who Jesus is and what he did. How does this apply to us? Paul's going to proclaim the blessing obtainable through faith but also give a warning to those who might reject it. Let's read on, starting in verse 38. Be it known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man is proclaimed to you remission of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come on you which is spoken in the prophets, Behold, you scoffers, and wonder, and perish, for I'll work a work in your days, a work which you will in no way believe, if one declares it to you. The blessing for believing in Jesus and what he did for us is forgiveness of sins and justification before God. Simply put, eternal life. The cursing for not believing in Jesus and what he did for us is to perish. He's encouraging them towards the blessing by faith and exhorting them against unbelief and its corresponding consequence. So to the blessing, to have your sins forgiven, means God no longer counts them against you. The wages of sin is death. And according to Revelation 21 verse 8, all sinners deserve to have their portion in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. We all deserve hell. Forgiveness is mercy not getting the judgment we deserve. In Romans 4, Paul quotes the psalm in which David says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count a sin. God no longer counts the sins of those who believe in Jesus against themselves. They are spared his wrath. More than God not counting the believer's sins against them, Scripture also teaches that forgiveness from God 
means he doesn't even remember their sins anymore. The author of Hebrews, in quoting from the Old Testament, writes about the blessing associated with the new covenant of grace, which is provided through Jesus' death. It says, I'll remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. He then writes, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. In other words, Jesus' offering is sufficient to put away our sin before God. Faith in His offering on our behalf is the only way we can receive forgiveness from God. And God forgiving our sins means He chooses not to remember them at all. That's a blessing. We can't, in our human capacity, forgive to this degree, right? When someone sins against us, we can forgive that person. Can we truly not remember what they did to us? We can choose to not hold it against them, but is it possible to have it completely erased from our memories while living in these bodies of death? I mean, I can still remember things people have done in the past that hurt me, even if I try not to. But for God, if we're in Christ, our former sins don't even come to mind. The blood of Jesus washes away our guilt and sins. That's forgiveness. If you haven't ever received forgiveness from Jesus, turn from your sin to Him. Believe in what He did for you and ask for His forgiveness and you will receive it. Call upon the name of Jesus in faith and you will be saved. Paul, in his sermon, not only tells us we can be forgiven through Jesus, but also that we can find justification by faith in Him. When you hear justification before God, think, just as if I had never sinned. You see, in Christ, we're covered by His blood. We are clothed in His perfect righteousness and given the reward He earned by His perfect life. We are justified, like in a court situation declared not guilty in God's sight, even declared righteous because of Christ. We're saved by grace, like a step beyond mercy. In Christ, not only do we not get the bad we deserve, death and hell, we get the good we don't deserve, eternal life, a heavenly inheritance with Christ, spiritually abundant life in relationship with our God. In God forgiving our sins and casting them into the depths of the sea, making them as far as the east is from the west, so to speak, not even allowing them to come to mind, He also justifies us. He declares us righteous in His sight. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life as a man, worthy to merit the reward of eternal life. When God justifies us, we are given the perfect righteousness of Christ as a free gift, a righteousness not our own, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Jesus not only paid in full our sin debt owed to God, but He also credited to our account His perfect righteousness. Like, instead of there being in our spiritual bank account, I don't know, negative 10 billion trillion because of our sin, there's like positive infinity because of Jesus' perfect righteousness imputed to us. Paul's telling the Jews, by Him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. How amazing is that? The law of Moses, 
which they hoped would bring them life, brought only judgment. The law could never justify man, because it only takes one transgression of it to be guilty under it. James wrote, For whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point, has become guilty of all of it. And of course, as Romans 3.23 teaches, all have sinned. The Apostle Paul taught, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. In fact, he taught that the law brings wrath. Paul, who once described himself as blameless under the law, understood that even in his pharisaical and extremely zealous and disciplined approach to following the law, he didn't come close to meriting eternal life through his adherence to it. That's because, as Jesus taught, no one is good but God alone. Only Jesus, having come down from heaven, being God's one and only Son, God manifested in the flesh, could live a perfect life under the law without sin. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace towards us in Christ. All right, so Paul preaches the gospel message with power and clarity. Let's see how the people respond. Starting in verse 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the synagogue broke up, many of the Jews and of the devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. Sounds like there was a positive response here to the preaching, especially from the Gentiles who heard. In attendance in the synagogue were likely not only Jews, but also proselytes and God-fearers, Gentile converts to Judaism and believers in the God of Israel. How enthusiastic are we to hear the preaching of God's Word? Have you ever left a church gathering where God's Word was preached clearly and in the power of God's Spirit, thinking, man, I can't wait for the next time. I want to hear more. I certainly felt that way myself the first time I sat through the preaching of God's Word, verse by verse, in a Christian church service. You see, I grew up in Mormonism and didn't hear the Bible preached from a pulpit on a regular basis. I was probably like 22 or 23 years old when I first attended a Christian worship gathering and had never experienced anything like it. I so needed it. As Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Verse 44, the next Sabbath, Almost the whole city was gathered together to hear the Word of God. Wow, God had really grown their platform in just one week. Paul and Barnabas were faithful to boldly and unashamedly proclaim Christ crucified in the Jewish synagogue. The next week, nearly the entire city had come to hear them share God's Word. Word had apparently spread. There seemed to be a curiosity, fascination, and hunger for what they had to share throughout this Gentile city. I compare my own experience in first encountering the life and power of God's Word to having been parched in a dry desert my entire life and then discovering a fresh spring of water for the first time. I wanted to, like, drink it up. Also, keep in mind, back in that day, there was no radio. People didn't have television or social media. 
In today's world, we're bombarded with information, and so much of it is easily accessible at the stroke of a key, wherever we are and whatever time of day it is. Back then, though, when someone came to town with new information or an exciting message, people were often hungry for it and would assemble to check it out. like song trying to destroy the church of God persecuting the true disciples of Christ and binding them in prison binding them to salvation I did not believe in the cross I thought I was in the light but I was in the dark I believed I was doing the work of God Zealous in the way I was taught I did not preach the cross For to those who are perishing It's foolishness to Until I received a great revelation Through God's word that I was opposing Him That I became a new creation For to those who are perishing It's foolishness to
That was Enemy of the Cross from the Adams Road album, Enemy of the Cross. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. The scripture foresaw that God would justify us by faith. The law was adored until Christ came. We now need no guardian, cause we're justified by faith. God is the justifier of the one who has faith. Jesus, we are justified by faith. Apart from works of the law is justified by working their way So we also have believed To be justified by faith Since we have been justified by faith Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have obtained access by our faith to the grace in which we stand. And we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence given us by faith. God is the justifier of the one who has faith. We are justified by faith Apart from works of the law God is justified by working their way So we also have believed To be justified by faith To the one who works His wages are not counted as a gift But as his due To the one who does not work But trusts him who justifies Godly, His faith is counted as righteousness God is the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus We are justified by faith apart from works of the law is justified by working their way So we also have believed in the gift we have received We can do nothing but believe to be justified Justified by faith Justified by faith That was Justified by Faith from the Adams Road album Great Commission.
This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 48. Grace and peace be with you all.